fortunate crowd this evening. But uh, online and across the country, it is. We are going. Let me just get this. There we go. All right. So the topic this evening we'll be dealing with is uh, on vigilante justice, and specifically we're going to be dealing with the this in the context of the fact that Yaakov uh, actively deceives his his father and uh, to a certain extent his brother in order to steal the ble- <coughs> the blessings from his father Yitzchak. So the problem with this is obviously that Yaakov is supposed to be a man of truth, a man of uh, integrity. And yet, the way that it goes about is he has an individual who goes and uh, lies to his father in order to achieve uh, a particular end. Now, the the way that the I suppose we could justify it is that uh, Yitzchak was uh, was blind and and he was he said the wool so to speak pulled over his eyes from uh, from his son uh, Asav, and finally it was time for justice to be done. But I wanted to use it as a segue into the topic this night, which is vigilante justice. So just so we get <coughs> appreciate what we're going to be talking about in the context of vigilante justice is not um, each person doing whatever they want, uh, a la Batman, but rather we're going to be talking about in very specific uh, context. And that is when you are suffering financially um, by someone and the law is with you, that you are right and the law is on your side. But due to uh, certain reasons, whether they be um, practical, pragmatic, or just due to the nature of the uh, the slow-moving uh, legal beast that is the uh, the criminal justice system, so in such a case, we will um, in such a case we will make an exception to allow you to take matters into your own hands. That is the the question that we're going to be dealing with this evening. So <coughs> it's a fascinating topic because it's one that I've really never expended much time on and it is uh, a lot of it is very counterintuitive not only in the way that is brought down in the Gemara but even in the way that is brought down um, what you call halacha lamaisa practical law so start off with our story here in the Gemara and Baba Kama and it's dealing with um, amongst other things people who just say leave their their uh, their pots in the public thoroughfare and then someone breaks it who's liable so if it was left in a place where people are going to trip so then surely the people who break them through tripping it shouldn't be held responsible. That's sort of the introduction. But the Gemara says as follows. Let me see if I can just make it a little bit smaller so that you can read the English. Um, there you go. So it starts as follows. Shlach lahu gargutah debate shrei deko yom ahavidali echad So they asked the Rav Chista the following question. That there was this, uh, this cistern or a, a well that uh, two people used to share, and each day one of them would draw water from it. And then one day, let's say Reuven and Shimon, Shimon came and started drawing water on the day that wasn't his turn to do so. So Reuven said to him, Shimon, it's not your day today, it's my day. So Shimon said, yeah, whatever, go jump. So he went and took a, let's say a hoe, I think. He took a hoe, the handle of a hoe, and he hit, he hit this guy. He hit him because he was stealing his water. So, Rechista, so the question was, was that the right thing to do? So Rechista answers and says, that's my opinion, and said, sorry, he said, uh, he should have uh, smashed him a hundred times. 
אפילו מאנדה אמר לא אביד איניש דינא לנפשי. Even according to the opinions of those who say that you cannot take matters into your own hands. That's the halachic concept. Lo avid inish dinela nafsha. A person can't take matters in their own hands. But makob seida avid inish dinela nafsha. So in the case of financial loss, it would be permissible to take matters into your own hands. Into your own hands. Dama Rabbi Yehuda Amar, because Rabbi Yehuda said, Lo avid inish dinela nafsha. That a person, so there's a, what you call a machloket between Rabbi Yehuda and Rav Nachman. So Rabbi Yehuda says a person cannot take matters into his own hands. Rav Nachman Amar Avid Inish Dinel Nafsha. A person can take matters into their own hands. But, so the Gemara continues, however, even though Rabbi Yehuda says you can't take matters into your own hands, says, Heichi de Ika Pseida, where there's a financial loss. Everyone would agree that in such a circumstance, it would be permissible to uh, take matters into your own hands. So they disagree when there's a not financial loss. So you're taking matters into your own hands when there's no financial loss. Now, th- this is going to be a point of discussion. What does it mean, no financial loss? What are you, what are you doing if you're not, there's no financial loss? So he says, since there's no loss, And let's just say for the moment you're sad, there's no immediate loss. So there's a, you, can, you can get your money back. You wait, wait to go to court and you'll get your money back. So Rav Nachman says, no. Rav Nachman says, since even if there's no loss, it would be permissible. Meaning that someone steals, uh, steals my car and they see my car, I can go grab my car back. That seems to be okay according to everybody. But someone uh, had a contractual issue with me, and I, if I take it to the court case, it will be found in my favor. There's no loss to me per se. I don't need that money or whatever. And if I go to court, we're fine. So the Rav Nachman says, you should, uh, you, you can do it, and you can just take the money away. Uh, so you can't take the money, uh, so you, you can take the money straight away, because it's a hassle to go to court. Why should you have to go to court if you're right? As you can imagine, this opens up an absolute Pandora's box because I, I don't know if anyone goes to court thinking they're wrong. Anyway, so then the Gemara continues. So they ask the following question. Meitiv Rav Kana. Rav Kana asked the following difficulty. Ben Bagbag said, You're not allowed to go into somebody else's property to get your, your possession that is in their property and without, without permission. Why? Shema tirua alavke ganaf. Because maybe people would think you are ganaf. You are you are cat burglar. El shavor shina vaamolo sheli ani notel. It says so. When it says you can't go, it doesn't mean you can't go get that which is yours. It says you can't creep in. So someone stolen your bike. You can't sneak in through in the dead of night, jump through the window and take your bike back. That you're not allowed to do because that's you are ganaf. You know, rather what you got to do? Go break down the door. Shavor shina. Literally break his teeth. And uh, say, I'm taking my bike back. That's what you should do. You should be very open with it. This is my bike. You've stolen my bike. I'm on my bike. Amale amcha. Bing bagbag yechidahu. Replicate Rabbi Nam. He says, yeah, okay, fine. So Rav Bagbag seems to allow people to do that. But maybe he's a sole voice in the world. Yes, he holds like Rav Nachman. But, you know, maybe we're not going to bring this as a proof that you can always do it. So Rabbi Yana amai. Mai shavot shinav bedin. So it says, yeah, but it says, break his teeth. It says, there's another way of looking at it. When it says, break his teeth, it means take him to court and, and, and get your money back. You can't break into his house. 
Okay, so we don't need to finish the rest of that, but in essence, we see that there is definitely a position within the halachic world that in a case where there is financial loss, everyone would agree it is permissible to take matters into your own hands to get your money back. Now, how much, you know, what does it mean, take your money back? So let's um, go see. How do we paskin lemaisa? So the Rambam, in the laws of the Sanhedrin, says as follows. A person can take matters into his own hand. If he's got the ability, he's got the strength to do so. Since he's doing everything according to halacha, why he doesn't have to hassle himself and go into the baiting. Even if there wasn't significant loss to him, immediate loss, if he were to delay it and actually go through the proper legal channels, Nevertheless, he still doesn't have to. Okay. Um, so, so, in such a case, we see according to the Rambam, it is completely permissible that if the law is in your favor. Now, a little bit of, you know, I suppose, throwing caution to the wind is how does one ever know that the law is with them? So, in certain circumstances, that you've been burgled. It seems to be quite straightforward. That you had something was stolen. You see someone riding your bike. So that is uh, that is quite straightforward. And in that case, I don't think we would have an issue. Yeah, we have issues is where there's a dispute. I think you owe me money, and you think no. Or I think that um, you uh, you um, you took something, and you swear to me that you didn't. So these these are a little bit tougher questions to answer. So let's go into a few of the details about this particular question. So first and foremost, we have the Rambam talking about So how far does this go thing that you can take matters into, the, into your own hands? Is it in every area of Jewish law or is it only in specific? So what about uh, capital cases? If I see a murderer, so and I see someone murder, and the law is that if this guy was murdered and assuming there were witnesses, like he'd be go to the bait and they put him to death. So can, why can we, can we do that as well? Vigilante justice, we see, definitely, we see examples of it in the Chumash, where we see Pinchas, you know, and Pinchas goes and kills people. That's vigilante justice, without a court system. So the Rambam says, Rotzech Sharag B'Zadon. So a, a, a murderer who killed someone deliberately. So you can't kill him until such time he's been brought in front of the baitin and has been um, sentenced to death. He quotes a passage. And you can't kill the, the murderer until you have brought him with witnesses to, to justice. So the Rambam is very clear that you cannot do it for other areas. So for, for death penalty cases, definitely one can't do it either. Similarly, this is something that's learned explicitly in the in the pasuk. Zambashikit <coughs> talks about um, a specific case where you have two men quarrelling, and one of the wives gets involved, and she grabs a man in his privates. And the question is, is she's she's taking matters into uh, she she's taking out uh, she's jumping up, she's getting involved with the fight, and she's doing extra extrajudicially trying to uh, do something. So since she, it says she shall cut off her hand, show no pity. Ach, we don't cut off her hand. We find her. 
But um, that whole idea is the fact that you can't do that. You can't just take matters into your own hands. You see something wrong, you can't just stand up for it and do it. You have to go through the proper channels. So we see a really a division between the financial concerns where one does have to, um, one does have to, uh, um, one, one can take matters into one's own hands and the, and the, the uh, dinner, what's called dinner for short, in life areas where one cannot. Now, when it comes to money, is it any money? If you owe, I lent you $100 and you haven't paid me back and I just go grab, you know, I see your wallet lying, I come over for lunch and I see your wallet lying there and just pickpocket $100 out of there. Or even just shout, hey, here's your wallet, I'm taking the $100 you owe me and off you go. Can you do that? So now this is where the, 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 the commentators and the Gomorrah sort of start fine-tuning exactly where one can and cannot do such things. So the Nimuko Yosef is one of the commentators, early commentators on the riff. And he says as follows. So the only time you can do this is when the thing that you are um, liberating, let's call it, is the thing that was stolen. So, says, so like, it has to be something. So, if someone stole your bike and you see your bike, you can take your bike. But if the thing you took, so this isn't my hundred, I lent you a hundred dollars and I see my hundred dollars there. So, that you could do. But if you just borrowed, you took my, so you stole my bike. And I say, you know, where's my bike? And so it's gone. And I say, it was a hundred dollar bike, and I steal a hundred dollars from you. That you're not allowed to do. In such a case, you cannot um, go do it yourself. You have to take it to the courts because you are not getting your item back. You are getting compensation for your item. So that's number one. So even though you're allowed to exact uh, justice. It is only when you're redeeming that which is already yours, not the value of that which is yours. So that's one. So some of the other commentators, the Meiri, so the Meiri comes and says, he adds and says, no, that firstly, it's a timing thing as well. So you got two people, this is my bike and someone's trying to mug me. So you can do whatever you need to do to get your buck. So you got to punch the guy, you got to hit him, you got to, I don't know, taser him. So that you're allowed to do to protect your property. You're allowed to take out, uh, you know, you're allowed to cause some level of damage. And if I wait with this and I keep going, it's going to, and until it gets the baiting, I don't when it's ever going to happen. But once the whole thing's over, so someone stole your bike and now it's in somebody else's property and he's got it, so then you can't no longer do it. So the Meiri is much more stringent over here. Where we saw the opinion earlier where as long as the bike is there, you can take it. The Meiri is like, no, no, when it's fighting over you, you can stand up for your property. If someone comes and still comes to mug you, you can't say, well, you mug me and I'll see you in court. There, you can stand up for your property. But once it's already been taken, someone, a uh, cat burgled your bike, so then you can't do it anymore. Okay. So that's the se- that's, uh, the second opinion on this. The third opinion. There's the Mordechai. Mordechai is also an early commentator 
on the Gemara. And he says as follows. Psag Rabbeinu Meir, Dahani Meili Bechavitz HaMuvurashu Shlo. So the only time you're allowed to do this is when it is obvious that the thing is yours. Shushlo Machzik Bo, Umisarev Lachazero. And it's obvious to all in Sanji that this guy has something that belongs to you. But if it's not known that it's, like it's, people don't know it's your bark. You know, if it says Gad's bark on it, so that's fine. But no one knows that this is Gad's bark. This is a bark that you're telling everybody he stole your bark and he's denying it. So in such a case, you can't, you can't go and steal it back. It has to be that it's known, that everyone knows it's mine. Everyone knows he's stolen it. So then you want to go and you want to steal it, then you can take it back. Because uh, he says, Even if you say there's going to be a terrible loss for you, it's going to be absolute anarchy if you do it anyway. So if I'm going to take everything that I think you've got that belongs to me, and I'm going to go in and, and, and steal it back from you, it's going to be absolute anarchy because no one or everyone's going to be claiming that, oh, well, I guess he, he thinks it's his. It's, what, it's every person who thinks that something belongs to them, they can go take it back. It'll be, what happens if you think it's your bike, but it's not your bike? It just looks the same as your bike. I mean, there's hundreds of models, you know, hundreds of um, of this bike are made, and you think that this particular one is yours? You don't know. So in such a case, you cannot you cannot take it. Everyone's going to say that, is, that it's mine, and that becomes the problem. Okay. So we've seen a number of different uh, categories. Number one, we're dealing only with financial cases. Number two, we saw financially, there's a question is, does it have to be, first and foremost, does the thing have to still be extended? It has to be an object. And the object's extent as opposed to the value. You cannot steal the value. Everyone seems to agree you cannot steal the value. You can only take back the object. There, we saw the opinion of the, um, of the Miri. He says, only at the time of the stealing can you, can you do it. If at the time of the stealing, then you can do it. Then, yes, but not post the stealing, which is the most stringent opinion. And then we just saw the Mordechai that it has to be not only that the objects extend, like we saw in the, in the, uh, in the Mukha Yosef, but also it has to be so obvious to others as well that it's yours, that it shouldn't be a situation where there's any debate around it. So, what's Allah Chalamaisa? <coughs> so, the Shulchan Aruch says as follows. Uh, let me just put this a little bit. A person can take medicine in their own hands when they see their possessions in the hands of somebody else. That they stole it from them. You're allowed to take it back from them. And if they refuse to give it back to you, you can beat them until they give it back to you. Exactly like we saw with the water guys. Now that's obviously assuming, says the Ramah, that there's no alternative way of doing it. Meaning there's not a more menshadik way of doing it. The only way to get it is say, give me my bike back. And he says no. So you can punch him until he gives you your bike back. He says, even if it wasn't not a huge amount of loss and you could take it to court. Okay. So, so is, if, um, is, you don't have to hassle yourself to go. But he adds in here a lecture part which I underlined here. What you cannot do is take a down payment. So someone stole your bike and you say, I'll see you in court. And you say, you know, and the bike costs a thousand dollars and I'm I'm taking this hundred dollars in the meanwhile. So that you're not allowed to do. So this is very consistent what we saw earlier is that you can't take the, the, the value. You're not allowed to take the value. 
mashkon is a, a deposit or a collateral. So you can't do that either. You can take the object. If it is the way it is, then you can take the object. If it's not the way it is, you can't. So the Ramah adds in the following. So he quotes here, the Mordechai, it has to be absolutely certain that it is yours. Okay, so it has to be obvious that this belongs to you, it is yours, not only, I think it means not only obvious to you, but obvious to everyone that, that it is yours. And he adds, so when is this hete, when does this leniency come to take matters into your own hands? When you are taking matters into your own hands, but not that you're going to hire thugs. So you can't hire thugs to go do it. Now, I, I left out, but there are opinions that if you get the authority, so you've got some friends uh, in high places, and they're able to uh, somehow swing it back to you, are you allowed to do that or not? But from our point of view, so you go get thugs, you say, listen, I, I, I can't go steal my bike back, but I'll pay my kid to go steal it back, or I'll pay some guys to go get it back, so that you're not allowed to do. That you're not allowed to do. And I think it's, it's very much based on the fact that since you're doing, you, you've had something stolen from you, and so you, justice is on your side. As soon as you do something in an underhanded way, you lose the moral high ground. So you can maintain the moral high ground in whatever you're doing, you're doing publicly. So someone stole my bike, and I'm going in front of everyone, this guy stole my bike, and I'm stealing, I'm taking it back. So you still got the moral high ground. But as soon as you're going to do it clandestinely, or you say, he stole my bike, so I'm taking this $100, that's you've lost the moral high ground. In all those cases, you have to take it through the court, the judicial system. So the Ramah continues. So it has to cause damage. So the only concern when we say you're allowed to do it, that you're allowed to hit him and everything. Only in those cases you need to make hundred percent certain that it's yours. And that uh, that it belongs to you, and no no doubt, that's when you're allowed to hit him and do whatever you need. Okay. However, and this is a unique chiddush by the Ramah, is that if you're going to say, I'm not going to, I'm just going to argue, I'm just going to grab it. I'm not, I'm not going to physically get into an altercation with him. I'm just going to take it. So, so guys, so let's just say, uh, you're at the the beach and you're throwing a frisbee. And some guy comes and says, ah, that's a nice frisbee. I'm going to take your frisbee. What are you going to do about it? So I had it with uh, Yudah. Yudah was once in, in, um, in uh, Chatswood. And he was with a friend. And someone came and said, that's a nice hat. I'll take it. It was a big guy. So he was scared. So you just let the guy take it. So what could he have done according to this? So he could have definitely grabbed his hat back. No question. According to all opinions, he could have grabbed his hat back. He could have hit the guy to grab his hat, hat back. But let's say he couldn't. And the guy... I don't know. The guy was uh, buying an ice cream, and you saw him buying an ice cream, and put five dollars down on the counter to pay for his ice cream. So, according to this Ramah, he could grab that five dollars and say, "All right, you want your five dollars back? Give me my hat back," and he could do so. Obviously, you got to be a certain kind of chutzpah individual to do such a thing and have the uh, ability to back it up. Okay, so there are, as we see, there are definitely circumstances such a thing be permissible. I just want to quote uh, through three, four different examples which come down in various uh, modern day chubas. So the, the stolen bark one is the obvious one. So here's what uh, I spoke about this at Shul earlier about car alarms that won't turn off. 
So my next my, my next door neighbor's car alarm goes off through the night and he won't switch it off or house alarm goes off and they won't switch it off, they can't switch off that way, whatever the case might be. Can I take matters into my own hands, go next door and break the alarm, assuming I could do such a thing, trip the electricity in order to stop that alarm or no? So Rav Yitzhak Zilberstein from B'nai Brak says you can do such a thing because the noise is what's called mazik. The noise is considered damage. And since it's considered damage, it would be permissible to, uh, to do so. In this case, what happens, and this is a case of the Benishchai. So let's just say you go to a supermarket. So the case that is actually brought is I bought, uh, let's just say, five, uh, five chocolates. And when I get home, I realize that only four were in the bag. You know, the, the shop attendant forgot to put the fifth one in. And I go back in and I say, listen, um, you, uh, you had, uh, I bought, f- I paid for five and you only gave me four. So, and he says, no, I didn't. You only paid for four. And they're like, oh, I gave you five. You lost one along the way. So what's the halacha over there? Can the person go and, s- can you snatch one or can you not snatch one? So that is, a, it's, a, it's the Rebbe Nishchai deals with it. He feels that uh, you could not actively go and steal one. But if one somehow found its way into your hand, so you, you wouldn't have to return it. So, for example, if you got shortchanged, so if you say, listen, I, I gave you a 15, you gave me change for a 20. He says, no, you didn't. You gave me a 20. And now, the, so I, I can't steal the money and I can't steal a chocolate or whatever the case might be to make up the, the $30 difference that I'm now lacking. But potentially... Um, if there was a way to get money, so they, they gave me too much change the next time, I wouldn't have to return it because, you know, they, they owe me the $30 that they, that they shortchanged me and something similar. The third, uh, the fourth case is one which is quite fascinating, but illegally built structures. So if you have a, a neighbor who's building an illegal structure, that causes you damage. So this is not talking about phoning the council and you say they're putting in a swimming pool and uh, I don't think they've got the proper approval. This is talking that they are causing you damage. So let's just say they're blocking your view. Or you're scared that it's going to be uh, that whatever they're doing might be a dangerous building, might affect you and your property and cause you financial damage. I'm not talking about risk stuff, but financial damage. So um, Rav Dov who's a Rav in Eretz Israel, so he passed, and in such a case, assuming that the law was with you and the, and the, the council laws were all with you, and the person just uh, was ignoring them and doing it anyway, as people tend to do in different parts of the world. So in such a case, if you to somehow um, take matters into your own hands and, and, and deconstruct or demolish that building as a result, so halachically you would not be liable as a result of the thing doing something that they halachically were not permitted to do. All right, everybody. So that's uh, quite a broad overview of a very complex subject. Um, we definitely have just skimmed the surface, but hopefully you found it interesting. And I hope you can see you all next time. Have a wonderful evening. Laila Talk.